Everybody, this is Marlene Ellis, the hat trick copywriter, calling, talking to you for, live from London. I'm a little bit late this morning. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, this whole journey of trying to get the podcast right and trying to get the timings and editing and uploading it and sticking to these times 11 o'clock Tuesday, 11 o'clock Thursday. Um, still a challenge for me, as it's uh, pretty clear to see. And um, you know, it's funny, this whole experience, because it's really, really nice to think you can just talk out there and talk to anybody who wants to listen. And at the same time, you know, you really got to think about, well, what is it that you want to say? Why should you listen to me? <laughs> so each time I think of what am I going to talk about today, you know, it becomes this higher level of responsibility. I don't want to waste your time and I want to be of value. And I'm somebody, many people would say, Marlene, you are such a self-opinionated person. There'll be no problem of things to say. And yet at the same time, maybe because there is so much to talk about in the world, I really struggle each time. What shall I talk about? But, you know, my copywriting uh, journey, I've been writing text for Black Breast Cancer. I've created this website called blackbreastcancer.com. It's not live yet. But I've got an absolute commitment to it after suffering from breast cancer. I think I mentioned that a few podcasts back. And I learned some incredible things, shocking things about the amounts of women that are black African, African Caribbean. But I hope, you know, I'll always refer to us as black African so that, you know, be clear that I, I think that whether you're African-American African, Caribbean, Caribbean, African, Black, British, Black, American, whatever you call yourself. For me, at the end of the day, we are Black Africans. Okay, so when I looked at the statistics of, I, I didn't even look, you know, when you're a, a patient, you just kind of like, I felt like I was on this conveyor belt, just going along, half shocked, half trying to deal with it and be this strong Black woman who's going to overcome and um, my oncologist told me, you know, the amount of black women that have breast cancer compared to white women and that we are apparently dying twice, almost twice as quickly as white women for the same diagnosis. So we're dying nearly twice as fast. That's, you know, in the developing worlds, so-called, the US, the UK and Europe, we're dying twice as fast as white women. Uh, in our different countries. Shocking statistic. And nobody really knows why. You could say, well, it's about being um, poverty related. But that doesn't explain it, does it? Because, of course, plenty of white people are poor. And and so what is it that's going on? And I, I, I partly believe that all these traumas that we suffer from, if we think of cancer as just another form of this deadly trauma that's occurred to us since the slave trade. I, I just, no, I, I'm not going to say the slave trade. I'm going to say since our enslavement. I don't want us to refer to each other as slaves because the West created a trade out of us. It's, it's really important that we not regard ourselves as slaves historically 
in so much as what was done to us. You know, it was never a voluntary exercise. So, but I do think that whole experience is the one more than anything that explains why we should have aggressive cancers, why we should be dying twice as fast. Now, a lot of the research tells us that it's because, you know, we, we don't trust uh, our doctors, so we delay going to get help. And then when we do go and get help, our cancer, the type of breast cancer we have, is that much more aggressive than white women's cancer, that it spreads uh, more aggressively and, and, and we die quicker. So this amalgamation of delay and having this more aggressive cancer. Why do we delay? Well, the research also tells us in the UK and the US that there's a great mistrust of doctors. There is the feeling of being patronised when you tell doctors how you feel. There's the feeling that doctors think that you're, you haven't got it quite right, that you're not suffering with the same degree of pain as the white patients. There's statistical data to suggest black patients are not referred to the hospital as fast as white patients. So then we've got this aggressive type of breast cancer. There's lots of different research and theories about why. And I, I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to presume to tell you what the real answer is. But there's some relationship, to my mind, in the historical journey that we've endured and the trauma that occurs in birth between mother and child. So I think that the ongoing treatment, the neocolonialism that we would understand as racism institutionalised across the West has its consequences. And one of the expressions of uh, our colonisation is the increase of breast cancer. So I want you to watch out. I haven't yet finished the writing, so please watch out for this website, www.blackbreastcancer.com. Because, you know, the projection is breast cancer is increasing and it's on this upward spiral to 2030. And 70% of those that will be affected will be black African women, according to the research. So there is a lot of work for us to do as black African people. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, I want you to understand that we have a need to think of ourselves from a global perspective. You know this word, global. It's local with a G at the beginning. For you to imagine that global is the globalization of our local communities. If you can picture us as part of the uh, global majority, and though we experience ourselves as the minority um, in terms of power relations, economy and political areas in the nations we find ourselves, we are nevertheless connected profoundly connected and and you know we don't need to explain why we felt the 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 death and the abuse the murder of George Floyd you know we didn't have to be an american to to understand what was happening so there is a similar thing one of my projects as a copywriter is to build this base for black women uh, not just black women but black africans with breast cancer the projection is that more and more of our brothers will also be diagnosed with breast cancer. So 
although it's 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 certainly the majority by about 98% of black african women that have breast cancer there is always that reminder you know we know what it's like to be a minority to be isolated and excluded what must it be like for an african brother today to be diagnosed with breast cancer and what kind of um support is he going to be able to uh, feel he has in the in his community with such a diagnosis you know it it's such a feminized cancer just as like prostate cancer is um, a male cancer that it, I, I'm very concerned for um, those few men that are also diagnosed with breast cancer. So I'm careful to say black Africans with breast cancer, whether you are male or female. And I hope that there is no man that feels so isolated that he doesn't have someone that he can confide in and get support in for this kind of illness because it's hard enough as a woman for different reasons you know when 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 uh, black african women when we get diagnosed with breast cancer we feel a sense of something has taken away in terms of our womanhood or femininity or beauty or and in a society that holds your sort of sexual power and fitness as a high currency when you're diagnosed with breast cancer you really do feel something more is removed from you than just this uh, health condition. So that has an impact because we keep it quiet. You know, we don't want people to know. You know, it don't want you to see us as less or put into a lower category. Yeah, 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 she was great, but, you know, but she got breast cancer or whatever it is that goes on in the thinking and the, the... So it's not easy for black African women, for us to say, oh, you know, I've got breast cancer. It's really not easy. We do not want to see pity. We want to see support. We don't want to see in the eyes of others the kind of, well, you're done. And, you know, no matter how small your breast cancer might be, that weight of knowing you have breast cancer is frightening. Truly, it's frightening. You might not feel a thing when you're first diagnosed, but whether you are type or grade zero to three or they tell you you have estrogen breast cancer or double negative breast cancer, it's the word cancer that holds the weight. And it takes time to understand yourself when these things happen to you. So I am committed to building this project. So watch this space whilst I'm, it grows and I know that you're going to be sympathetic to that kind of cause, because um, who wouldn't be? So I'm going to leave it there today. Um, it's one of the things I'm doing as the hat-trick copywriter. I think I mentioned at the very beginning of my podcasting, only seven episodes ago, that when I lost my hair to chemotherapy, I had to find a new way of looking so I started to wear hats. I was taught to wear them with more style and funk, which I absolutely adored. It brought out these different dimensions of my identity. So when I became the hat-trick copywriter, determined to live my life with more freedom, I named myself the hat-trick copywriter because of the hats I learned to wear when I had breast cancer. Okay.
I'm going to go now. Have a great weekend. I know it's Thursday. You've got one more day and then have a long weekend and make it great. Thank you for listening to me again. And I'll speak to you on Tuesday. Bye bye.